We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Lincoln weather forecast this week. If you've hurled yourself against a window and pressed your nose against the glass today, it's probably because you saw rain outside for the first time in how long? Never fear, soon it will get hot, and after that, it will be hotter. <laughs> this segment is possible today because of Nebraska Green Sorghum Board and Nebraska Prep Equipment. Coming up on the show, a fun segment for you, the cost of gas versus electricity. We're going to talk about electric vehicles. Yes, and some sobering news about a CFO at Bed Bath & Beyond in New York City. What will the economy do? Dr. Eric Thompson has a good idea of what Nebraska businesses are predicting. And getting your office or home theater ready for winter. Did you say theater? Home heater, excuse me. Heater. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could get a home theater ready because it is winter and we're going to be inside a your lot. Home heater. <laughs> but we're going to have... Why don't we just say your HVAC system? <laughs> yes, yes, we yes. can do that. Uh, well, okay, let's let's jump into our fun topic. We have Mark Skolnick from Lincoln Electric System in, um, he, and he's it's more than just electric vehicles. He's got, like, movies and stuff. You know, home theaters, but... Okay, my, all right, let's clear, <laughs> that's it, clear probably up. That's probably why I made my gaffe. Okay, a little bit of Robin <laughs> randomness here. Clarify, Mark, <laughs> what, what I'm talking about. Yes, well, I Actually, we're really excited. Uh, we've got National Drive Electric Week, which is a which is a an event, or actually a, a event series of events around the country that feature electric vehicles and, and raise awareness. You and have so a whole week. The the industry does around the in communities around the country, and so we've done different things over. And that's the years. like now or coming. It's up? coming up, yeah, yeah. in a okay. couple of weeks, and so uh, as part of that. Um, LES is sponsoring one of the uh, Lincoln Airport's drive-in movie nights, Back to the Future, of course, featuring the uh, DeLorean that you might right. remember, right? Yeah. I forget how many yes. gigawatts or jilliwatts or whatever it was. So but if you don't have your home theater ready for the winter, you can the go to, to this. Correct. It's going to be <laughs> with on, your family. Absolutely. I'm never going to live this down. <laughs> it's going to be on the, uh, the the 22nd of September at 6.30 p.m. Oh, 22nd of September. Yeah, I better make sure I have the date right. I'm pretty I was thinking it was coming up even sooner. Actually, but... it is the 16th. Oh, the 16th. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remembered something a it's little It's a week from today. That. I better get the date right. September 16th at 6.30 p.m. And the, ac the actual address is 3801 uh, Northwest 34th Street out at Air Park. And it's in a big open grassy field, and there will be a drive-in uh, type of setup so folks can drive out there. The gate's open at 6.30, and we're going to have electric vehicles on display oh, with cool. their owners so people can come early and visit with um, folks who own these electric Ask vehicles. Ask them what it's like. Yeah. And to see what it's like. And we also have the um, Nebraska Tesla Owners Club bringing vehicles. So who knows? There may be dozens of electric vehicles for folks to see before the movie. There will also be food trucks out there. And this is, okay, that address that you gave, that is the airport, right? It's not... Right. something around or near it, it, the airport it's, it's actually you go it's, into it actually it's on the west side in air park 
So you wouldn't be going into the terminal. It would actually be on the west side of the okay. runways over an air park. Okay. And so um, if folks uh, arrive between 6.30, you know, 7, 7.30, all they have to do is go to les.com slash sustain. All you do is go to les.com slash sustain, and you can register and get free tickets for this drive-in. You need to have a okay. ticket to get in, okay. but they're free. Okay. And um, we'll also have uh, our what we call Edith, which is our tiny house, which has all kinds of energy efficiency features in it. So folks can come out, look at the cars. You have a tiny house? We have a tiny house. At Air Park? We will, we will haul it out. Oh, it's portable. Haul it's it portable. Out okay. And we'll haul it out to Air Park for this. And folks can go in there and enjoy that. Uh, as I said, there's food trucks. So this is September 16th, uh, next week, 6.30 p.m., gates open. Movie will probably start around dusk, maybe 9, 9.15 p.m., and that will be Back to the Future. Should be a lot of fun. Oh, fun. Yeah. LES.com slash sustain. Hey, last uh, month you talked to us about a 1,000 plug-in vehicles that we have in our community. And where are they charging all of these vehicles, and how are they charging? Yeah, practically vehicles? speaking, how do they how do they do this? Yeah, that's a great question, and we actually were pondering that ourselves a few years ago, and decided to conduct a study. And so we recruited about ninety to one hundred EV owners to find out where, when, and for how long they were charging their vehicles. So from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one, we had little devices that they agreed to put in their vehicles, and it showed where, when, and for how long they were charging. And what we found was. Not surprisingly, over 90% are charging at home. Yeah. They're just plugging their vehicles either into a standard wall outlet or maybe they've upgraded to like a like a, like a, a dryer plug, a 240-volt well, dryer plug. Like a 220. 220, and therefore they can charge even faster. Sure. And so um, the remaining 10% of that charging is probably taking place out of town in D.C. fast charging sites or maybe some public charging around town. Uh, parking garages, businesses, maybe even at work if there's at work charging available. So that's kind of what's going on. But, um, uh, you know, and those who don't have access to a garage and a plug may look at that. But most of the charging is taking place at home. That makes sense. Okay, gas is $3.50 a gallon now. I, I suppose the best comparison is to use some sort of cents per mile basis. Correct. Talk to us about the difference in costs Absolutely. between the electric and the gas. There's a lot of question about how does that all, because you're dealing kilowatt hours, you're doing gallons of gas, how do you even think about that? And the, the important thing to understand is that not only is the fuel itself, electricity, comparably cheaper to gas on a, on a apples to apples comparison, but what's really important is the efficiency by which the vehicle, the electric vehicle, uses that energy right. compared to an internal combustion engine, which is very inefficient. You know, 60, 70% of an internal combustion engine energy is wasted as heat. Okay. Okay. It's kind of okay. like incandescent light bulb, right? 90% of the energy wasted as heat, 10% used to light the light bulb. It's similar to an LED light bulb in efficiency as an electric mm. car is. Interesting. So, so most of that energy coming in is being transferred into that kinetic motion energy uh, that comes out of the battery. And so the best comparison is on a cents per mile basis to account for both the fuel costs and the overall vehicle efficiency. Based on today's gas prices, as you pointed out, Robin, around three fifty a gallon, and a vehicle that gets about 25 miles per gallon, the cost yeah. per mile for fuel alone for an internal combustion engine vehicle is about $0.14 cents per mile compared to $0.02 cents per mile. Wow, that is significantly yeah. lower. I mean, it's, it's, temp it's almost 10%. Exactly. If you, if you look at, at, at a year 
uh, you know, maybe 13,000 miles driven in a year or something. You're talking about $1,750 just for fuel versus $250 for an electric vehicle. And then also consider that the maintenance on an electric vehicle is significantly less because you don't have all those moving parts. You don't have the fluids you need to change like you would in an internal combustion engine. So you can add that on top for additional savings in just the operations of the vehicle. I want everyone to know that all the downtown parking garages have charging stations and the high schools. Mark, run down really fast for us. Where else can people go? There are DC fast chargers located at several Super Saver locations around town, including Fallbrook, Russell's Market at 33rd and Highway 2, and also up at the, their Waverly location. And the Nebraska Innovation Campus has a DC fast, fast charger. Hmm. There's the Tesla Supercharger site on North 27th near the High V. And then there's also a supercharger site uh, that's open to any vehicle out at the Casey's at Northwest 20th and O Street. So this city is well served by chargers in all parts of the community. Time, uh, really, time really goes good. so fast, Mark. Right. It is so fun to have yeah. you come. Oh, gosh, this You've is got Hey, the good thing is, is we got more to talk about the next time you come. I, I, we only got to like half of this list, so we're going to have <laughs> you back again, Mark. <laughs> Thanks a lot for coming to the show. Next segment, what is the economy going to do? What do Nebraska businesses think? Dr. Eric Thompson will be in. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Bed Bath & Beyond, which is doing a major remodel at South Point Mall, Mall saw its shares soar a month after GameStop chairman Ryan Cohen bought some stock and claimed that company shares could go up even more from 16 or $30 a share to maybe even 80 But a few weeks later, Cohen sold his shares for $68 million and immediately the stock plunged 41%. According to the New York Post, more about Bed Bath & Beyond in our next segment. And this segment is possible today because of Charter Title and Lincoln Electric Systems. Well, in the studio today to talk about the economy and hopefully the general economy will go better than things at Bed Bath & Beyond is <laughs> Professor Dr. Eric Thompson from University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business. How are you doing today, Professor? Quite well. Happy to be here. The school's started again. You're back I at know. it. Yeah. Well, every, every month you do a survey of businesses. Um, you do an economic forecast. Where are we this month as far as you know with the link with the nebraska and lincoln economy well we just wrapped up our august survey and 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 uh september surveys are just coming in but in august uh, nebraska businesses still on balance remained optimistic about sales and employment over the next six months so despite interest rates going up in august despite all those challenges there, there were there were some businesses that had soured a bit because of the interest rates but uh now, maybe the home home related yes real estate related yeah. yes um uh but uh, really the only sectors that were negative were 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 healthcare uh but that was the main one it continues healthcare to be is negative about yeah, the that, economy that's interesting really to me. well they continue to be concerned about insurance company payments and and you know and obviously okay. is that right sometimes government payments as well you know from all their all their payers Right, uh, they're getting a lot of pressure on uh, what 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 people are willing to pay or what institutions are willing to pay them. So that's been a concern for a long time. Um, but uh, we we talked to a lot of small businesses, and uh, other than those areas of weakness, um, a fairly positive outlook. 
um, for sales and jobs. Um, now, it's not like the booming optimistic output we might have seen a year ago, but mm. it remains remains on the positive the side. The positive projections are tempered a bit. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah it would be it would be odd to be wildly optimistic right now. What about what about <laughs> your building permits? I I know that's one of the areas that you uh, track. That was down last month, I think. You yeah, told that us. that's been down. Um, uh, just recently, the air airline passenger counts went down a bit. You know, seasonally adjusted and accounting for the time of year and all that. And I I think it's because those plane tickets got so expensive that uh, yeah people pulled back a little bit when they could. So um, you know, if you look at some of the hard data, that's that's a little more mixed, but uh, the the business opinions uh, are are still they're they're mixed too, but a little bit positive on balance. So when we add it all up, uh, it's uh, in general been slightly positive, which under the current circumstances is yeah. probably welcome news. I was going to say we'll take that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good to hear. I you know we are in the real estate sphere and. While we don't hear much negativity yet on the commercial side, we hear caution about the interest rates, of course. But um, where I'm really hearing it is the residential realtors. They're feeling it. Yeah, I mean, you would know more than I would about that. I think you uh, communicate uh, with a few more of those folks than I do. So, But, yeah. uh, but I believe it because it, it sounds like I know a couple of them seem to have a little bit of tension. But, and, you know, but Lincoln I, has this image of itself that it is not as vulnerable because of, you know, we always say because of the state government and because of the university. Those are such stability factors here in our, you know, in county government and insurance um, and the public schools are a large. So we we have this image of ourselves that we're not too terribly affected one way or the other like other places. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing Lincoln has going for it is relatively high educate, highly educated place. Mm-hmm. And right. Things like unemployment rates tend to be lower, mm-hmm. even in recession for higher for educated highly people. educated communities. But you know, every there, a lot of a lot of, uh, but all cities are influenced by interest rates, right? So some yeah. some, yeah. Of, these, some of these phenomena now are, are things that affect everyone. But it is true that our diverse economy and diverse into services and some other things that tend to be a little stabler do do help us. Lincoln will do a little better when times are bad, and then sometimes it'll do a, not quite as good during boom times, so it's a little steadier. What about your rural areas? I always ask about the rural areas. Um, well, they, uh, you know, those commodity prices are still high. Now, uh, of course, the input costs are high too, but I think as long as that bottom line value of crops value of uh, animals holds up that that drives a con- a level of contentment and, yeah. and we don't have our rural urban rural urban divide we sometimes see great great well thank you sir always good information we appreciate it you're welcome coming up next is government money enough to retire on or do you need to be saving quite a bit for retirement these days we'll be right back Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. 
We've been unrolling information about Bed Bath & Beyond in a couple of our segments. If you missed a little bit of news about them the last segment, you can catch that on our podcast after the show. Um, a Bed Bath & Beyond CFO took his life this past week by jumping off of a New York City high-rise building. Now, of course, we at Grow Lincoln do not know the reason, but Market Watch referred to a lawsuit against him. Chairman Ryan Cohen in conspiracy with Gustavo Arnal engaged in a fraudulent scheme to artificially inflate the price of Bed Bath & Beyond publicly traded stock. Upon information and belief, there has been heavy communications and interactions concerning creating a buying frenzy of stock to raise much needed capital says the lawsuit. Very sad situation. Very sad. This segment is possible today because of Christensen Hearing Analytics, Lincoln Airport Authority, and Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. Is government money enough to retire on? I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> well, we're going to, but we're still going to ask our pro. Uh, we're we're going to ask Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concept about this. Uh, Roger, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. There have been a lot of rules applied to what income you need for retirement, and I think we're all aware that Social Security rarely covers that gap. Um, now, once we retire, Roger, we're not driving as much. We're not wearing dress clothes. We're probably eating less convenience food that's expensive. Um, we're in a, you know, because we're not in so much of a hurry. So, I, you know, I've heard these numbers. Is 60% or 70% or 80% of the income you now have, is that sort of the, the goal there for what you ought to save up? Yeah. And Roger, you know, I think a lot of people, uh, when you do talk about this, need to know the difference between is this your your net income that's coming in or your gross income that's coming in, which, you know, in other words, before, before taxes or, access, after, or taxes. after taxes. Yeah, yeah that, those are those are good questions. I, I, you know, I think for most people, when they, they think of income, uh, they probably think about what their net income is, you know, what they can actually spend. Right. Uh, but but really, you know, you need to look at the gross uh, income as well. And, you know, we've also talked about this. 60, 70, 80% rule off and on uh, over the course of the last five or six years as well on the show. But I happened to be reading an article uh, this week that touched on the 80% rule. Uh, and first, I, I think really think that the 80% rule is really a general guideline for most folks. It refers to 80% of retirees' final yearly gross income rather than that net pay that we were just talking about. So total income before taxes. Yes, total income before taxes, correct. Uh, the difference between gross income and wages after withholdings and taxes could be significant. And there was a professor at Texas State University uh, by the name of Michael Fink that analyzed the 80% rule and published his findings recently in Research Magazine. Fink noted four factors that 80% rule does not recognize. The first one is retirees no longer need to fund their retirement accounts. Number two, they are no longer contributing to Social Security or Medicare. And number three, most retirees do not commute daily. And I, Robin, you had mentioned that as well. And last, the last one, number four, people often retire in a lower tax bracket. So given all of these factors, uh, Professor Fink concluded that a typical retiree could probably sustain their lifestyle with no more than 77% of net salary 
or 60% of the average annual lifetime income. Well, and we've talked before about the fact that a lot of people postpone their their dream vacation trip that's been on their bucket list all their life until they retire. And that's not yeah. that's not inexpensive. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, with my retirees, typically we see um, a lot more expense early on in retirement uh, versus later years. Uh, but uh, when I work with clients that are preparing for, uh, to retire, we also discuss those income needs. They need to determine what expenses will diminish or go away in retirement. Newly retired clients may also find that they're not living on as less. And in fact, in the early years of retirement, their expenses may go up, as we just discussed. A recent Employee Benefit Research Institute survey found over a third of retirees reported spending more than they had expected. I also encourage my retirees to form a retirement budget. A lot of us uh, do some sort of budget while we're working, but a retirement budget is just as important. If they plan to withdraw from their retirement plans for income, they should also have some sort of retirement income strategy of how they're going to draw down those retirement accounts and which ones they're going to use first. So if you're considering retirement or you're close to retirement, you have some of these questions that we were just talking about today, give me a call. I'd love to uh, discuss that with you. My contact information can be found on my website at www.frankfinancialconcepts.com. Thanks so much for sharing, Roger. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Roger Frank is a registered representative of and securities offered through Berthel Fisher & Company Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through BFC Planning, Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning, Inc. are independent entities. In our Drinking Beyond the Pandemic local update, a lot of things on the list here, Mr. Dave. Boy, we sure do, Robin. <laughs> we do. Let's Foot run. loose and fancy. Footloose and Fancy, at the shoe store, right? Twelve twenty-two P Street. You need to get liquored up to go get some shoes. Apparently, <laughs> they applied for a liquor license at the end of August. Um, the Papa John's Pizza Strip at Sixteenth and Q, Casey's Retail Company, applying for a liquor license, but the application says the focus will be on a full-service kitchen, not liquor, and it didn't say anything about gas pumps. Yeah, that that was interesting. And Ollie and, and this one I, I, I can understand. Ollie and Hobbs and Chard Burger at South Point Mall applying for outdoor dining. Well, they should and they yeah. probably have to. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty a, rec, a, a requisite in an outdoor mall. Wax Buffalo in the Haymarket under the viaduct applying. I think they sell candles. Is I think those are craft items. Yeah. Well, there you go. Wow. Uh, and, and then cute ickle nails. <laughs> cute ickle. Uh, 505 North 27th. So that'd be about five blocks north of O. Well, you know, and I've heard a couple of ladies, and I'd like to have your opinion on this, that said it would be kind of nice to uh, have a glass of wine. I think they... it makes sense. Yeah. Because you are there to relax. Why not? Right. I mean, it does. So. I mean, I want to make a look now for me, not in the morning, but <laughs> if my appointment was in the afternoon, maybe, you know, particularly a Friday afternoon. Yeah.
Royal Hookah Lounge at uh, 1619 O Street. That is now, not that is not a surprise. Not really a surprise. But, you know, hookah me. and alcohol, why not? <laughs> sure. Sure. Why not? Exactly. Well, we have got to go to a break, um, but we will write back we will be right back with an update on furnaces. Have you thought about this for that brand new little office building that you bought or your of course your home? We'll be right back. Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. You've probably heard about those one-room offices where entrepreneurs share a conference room and break amenities. They keep changing the names. First, it was executive suites. Then they called them incubators. Then they switched to calling them co-working and co-share spaces. Now they call them flip spaces. Well, I was in an executive suite. Oh, no, you were in a flip space, Dave. You just didn't know it. Uh, This segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor Evnen Law Firm. We're going to talk to Wes from John Henry's Plumbing about the heating and air conditioning systems in your office building or your retail or commercial building, or your house, because it's that time of the year where you need to be thinking ahead so you are not calling during 30 below temperatures, wishing you had done something sooner. Welcome to the show, Wes. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> the, okay. First of all, I, I want to ask you about this because heating and air conditioning is competitive. You guys are up against a lot of competition in Lincoln. Um, what is, how do you keep loyalty and keep people from just hopping around to, you know, Googling on the internet? Um, it's mostly our memberships. We do a lot of memberships. Maintenance is here in town. Um, and then we, we do, we're always calling them and setting up their maintenances for them. So they don't have to worry about remembering it or anything like that. We'll call them, schedule it and get out there and take care of their, their systems. And those people get priority when they it's do. 30 below they and do. when the heater goes out yep. they get the service first yep we, we still come out and service all their systems and make sure they're they're ready ready to go for each season but they do have um a 24-hour guarantee if something does happen we're guaranteed to be out within 24 hours mm-hmm. to take care of their service mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i you know it, it just seems that loyalty programs are the way to go whether it's an airline or your local vendor that you just come out better if yeah. you have some loyalty what hey, what's, i'm gonna ask this question robin if that's okay because yeah I, I, i'm interested in this what is your pet peeve or what do you find kind of difficult to deal with with homeowners and their hvac systems um i would say memberships memberships or maintenances are a good thing to do in everybody's home every year just to make sure everything's running safe, everything's going to get them through the seasons, making sure they're not being they're not broke down during, you know, the negative twenty degree temperatures or the hundred degrees outside. Um, it's just, it, you know, if people take if they people take care of their systems, change their filters, do the, do the things with their systems, they're very reliable. That that does seem like something that it would get tiring if you had to see that over and over again, that people didn't pull the cottonwood out of the, Oh, yeah. There's... You know, didn't call anybody to come and... Exactly. Lincoln's full of trees, so yeah. there is there's cotton everywhere. So that's one big thing that we, we do every summer, spring, summer. They do get plugged fast. And obviously that's part of your maintenance program. It is. Yeah. It is. 
We have a really strong ethos in Lincoln for business owners owning their own building, sometimes a small building. Mm Um, and, you know, and, and it could be an office or an industrial warehouse, or it could be a little retail building. I wonder what they should be thinking about because commercial buildings can be, you know, some are boilers, some are just regular heaters, some are, you know, those things in warehouses that that he, that heat differently than what. So, do you run into this, and do you have any suggestions for commercial people? Um. Well, I mean, we have we have a commercial side at John Henry's too, as well. So, um, yes, I mean, it, it, everything the rooftops it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. right. So people don't really think about those things until it actually breaks down. So, you know, um, ro- I mean, filters are always getting plugged on rooftop systems. Um, so yes, I mean, it, as long if if you have a maintenance with us, we're going to get up there and take care of those. Um, so you'll sense. get up on their roof. Oh yeah, we yeah oh. we do we do we have all the ladders, rooftops, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do anything and everything here in Lincoln as far as HVAC, uh, heating, cooling, plumbing. Yeah. Conversely, what should a commercial landlord do to make sure his commercial tenant is taking care? Um, it's tough when when we um if they do have a maintenance with us, we have. Um, forms that we fill out, we check everything in the box. Um, we we send all these emails to. We can send the emails to the landlord. Let oh, them know that it was done. Taken that's care a good of. idea. It yeah, is, just so that it's everything's documented, um, and that protects the tenant in case the does. landlord accuses them of not taking care of the unit properly and says, "Well, I don't want to pay for replacement because you didn't yeah, do yeah, maintenance correct. on it." I, I think I think commercial properties. It, a lot of times, the tenants are reliable for maintaining the systems yes um maybe not all the time maybe the the owner takes responsibility and and that's and a negotiable yes yeah. yeah yeah and and then everything's documented with us we send them invoices let them know what's done what needs to be done what we recommend that well that's th- interesting yeah good yeah. good information i could tell you that in these leases they're all over the place, just like Robin they said. They are all over the place as to and, who's responsible. But as a general rule, uh, you know, when I represent landlords, I'm, I tell them you're going to want to make sure that somebody who is a professional is taking care of that system and that you have some sort of documentation that that's being taken care of. And it sounds like you guys do precisely yes. that. Yeah. Everything everything that we have is on our iPads right here. So everything. Good. So everything is sent to the office, sent to the, to the owners, customers, whoever. Excellent advice. Well, thanks a lot, Wes. Um, how do they get a hold of you if they want to look at these maintenance contract options? Um, they can actually, you can go on our John Henry's website. It's It's all over there. Um, I mean, even if you go on our John's John web or John Henry website, you'll see all of our reviews, 4.8 out of five stars. I mean, we've been doing this for 26 years. So, and I'm sure you guys hear us on the radio. Oh yeah. Please yeah. give us a call. Yeah. Um, we'll send somebody out, go over what maintenances are. Um, there's four different plans. We have something that will mm. fit everybody. Good, yeah. good stuff. Oh, you got to give the number because that's what I always remember. <laughs> Dave is uh, going to sing it if you, you don't know, give it. Yeah. No, I won't sing it. I can assure you of that. But yep, I do it know it. It's 402-435-5555. But I don't know the jingle. I don't do the jingle. But <laughs> you don't sing it either. <laughs> no. Thanks a lot, Wes. Coming up next, businesses opening, closing, relocating, under construction in Lincoln. This city is my city and I love yeah, I love it. I will-
Monroe Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. If you are looking for an office space to rent on O Street, contact us, Broadcast, Broadcast House, looking for a new building that's bigger and you can potentially rent or even preferably buy this yes. building. And this segment is possible today because of University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business, Realtors Association of Lincoln, and Sarder Heyman Jewelers. Jordette Kramer on Facebook sent us a picture of a Little Caesars pizza next to Fresh Save Market out by Air Park. So up on Northwest 48th, west of the airport. Um, And he asked when this was going to happen. And so I went out there and found a construction guy. And the construction guy said they hope to be open in October. Well, hey, that's not too far off. Yeah. Wow. Uh, also, uh, Robin, some other stuff up uh, by the airport, right? Sean Donald asked us on Facebook, what is going where Zeppelin Bar used to be out by the airport? Um, and Sean said he had heard through the grapevine that they were thinking it was going to be a truck stop. And he wanted to know if that was true. Um, so I did a little checking. And 110 West Bond Street is that address. It is permanently closed it was a zeppelin bar and grill and it was also a travel lodge so both of them closed the property was purchased by a company in north platte called lincoln fat dogs and that and they did confirm that that is going to be a truck stop oh well that's so it goes, it's going to go from motel to truck stop well you you got to go out and do a little bit of research uh with your feet here didn't you i had covid <laughs> I couldn't go anywhere, so I got in my car. Well, you know, and so, like, I stood six feet away from construction guys when I was asking them questions. And you were out there. I was sick of being in my house, <laughs> so I drove all these places that people wanted to know what was going on. So now that guy has COVID. That's good. <laughs> uh, this is what you can do when you're bored. <laughs> hey, uh, at... Uh, 2949 North 27th, and most people would think of this as 27th and Cornhusker at the former Village Inn building. We had talked about a Japanese steakhouse restaurant going in there, and they had pulled a building permit for $150,000. And Robin, now how did you want to pronounce it? I think it's pronounced Oishi. Yeah, we, we were going back and forth we on We found this. a couple different pronunciations on the internet. Ori, or Oishi. Yeah, so. it's O-I-S-H-I. And they've got um, a pretty obvious sign where the Village Inn used to be. So, yeah, we understand that that is now open. Yeah. Now, Robin, uh, I was not familiar with this uh, particular establishment, but it sounds like we were getting quite a few Facebook messages regarding 505 North 27th. It's Intuit Foods? Intuit Foods, um, it was sort of a snack shop. And they have closed. They had smoothies, gluten-free, and vegan goodies. Um, Now, sometimes these kinds of places will close their, their storefront, but still do things like catering and things like that. So I wouldn't rule it out forever. But um, just as far as being a walk-in snack place, you can't just walk in there. Okay. All right. Uh, plus a little update on our 27th and Superior stuff. This is on the southwest corner where IHOP used to be located. 
Panera is scheduled to open before the end of the year. And Chipotle also wanted to open before the end of the year. But, you know, we're kind of wondering if they're going to get that pulled off. It might be a little bit later. They're talking about early 2023 and hoping that that These construction times are taking... uh, I can't believe well, it's just all how of this, long it takes. All these issues that pop up with construction labor, let alone supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. It's just a so lot of things are taking a lot of things are taking time. It's still so. a problem. Um, the, they're also getting a little laundromat in the strip center behind the, the area where the IHOP used to be and where the Panera and Chipotle are coming. Robin, do you remember when they were starting to have this? laundromat craze where they were making the laundromats kind of a social place where they had all they, sorts they were of, making them really cool yeah yeah instead of kind of well dreary and yeah so maybe this is going to be one of those kind of fun laundromats. oh i'm sure, I'm it, sure would it would have to be. be there's a lot of pressure on apartment complexes to not only have them but to have them in the apartment right but there's still a lot of apartments that don't have them. Yeah. Well, or where they break down or there's not enough machines and you're like, oh, to heck with it. I'll just go to a laundromat. Yeah. Well, hey, let's uh, go to Meadow Lane Shopping Center at 900 North 70th. I saw a building permit for uh, a remodel of an existing space to a new exercise tenant. So they're going to need to add a... Restrooms and showers, $145,000 permit. Uh, But I don't think we know the name of the tenant yet. So we'll have to wait. But exercise, and if they're spending $145,000, that must be a pretty nice gym going in there. Um, I was up there getting my dog groomed at at, uh, Fit Canine up at Meadow Lane. And I noticed they're almost done with that rehab of Metalena. It looks really nice. You know, I haven't been by there for a while. I need to drive. Yeah, by you there. should. So it's, it's just a. If you haven't, if you haven't been by Metalena Shopping Center since before they started, you wouldn't even hardly recognize it. It's really amazing. Yeah, that's good. I they, they do a nice job with their properties. Uh, Twelve forty eight O Street, which most people would think of this as Thirteenth and O. Union Bank is going to be moving in there. This is where Wells Fargo had their sign on top of the I Am Pay building, uh, I Am Pay design building for a long time. They're going to do a remodel on the first floor of the building, $986,000. And then, Robin, you had some additional news. We heard a rumor that they are going to have a coffee vendor um, at this new renovation project. And the, the name of the coffee group has not yet been released. So I hope that that's going well. That would be a very good place to have some coffee. Well, just that building alone has a lot of There's a, a lot, lot of pedestrian in. traffic at 12th and O. Yeah, or yeah. 13th and O. Or yes. 13th and O, yeah. No doubt. I also saw a building permit that I thought was interesting, Robin. It was at 745 L Street. So under the viaduct? Yeah. Kind or of maybe a, slightly south of under the viaduct? Yes. Yeah, Seventh it's and south. L. It's south of there. Yeah, it'd be south it's, of the viaduct. It's the old dairy building. Um, a new CNG fueling station for StarTran to replace their existing fuel uh, fueling station. Listen to this. 
The building permit was for $1,890,000. Now, CNG. Compressed natural gas. Natural gas, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, you know... 1.8, and that's just for the Really, basically, it's 1.9. I mean... uh, Almost 2 million bucks. So... You know, we, we've got that going on with the buses, and then we're talk to uh, LES uh, in our first segment today about the electric vehicles. Things are kind of changing. Do we have that? Do we have any electric bus, buses? I don't know the answer to that, but or, the, or is it just the natural gas? Yeah, I, I should know I, this. I don't. I don't know. I remember reading some articles about it. Uh, something else that uh, I thought was kind of. Uh, Interesting, Robin, and that was at 1420 K Street, St. Mary's Church is doing a remodel of their historic church, both uh, exterior and interior. $230,000 building permit was pulled. Yeah, 14th and K, that's the iconic white church with the pointy steeples. Yeah, that's that's a landmark. Yeah. Well, Robin, uh, we probably need to sign off. We do. That's all for Grow Lincoln today. Thanks a lot. And send us an announcement about your business opening, closing, or relocating via Facebook or Twitter. (laughs) 